Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Well, if you're a guest today or you uh, are wondering why we're set up like this, this is for our drama Beyond the Grave. And um, it's just such a powerful tool for these young people. But as Becky said earlier, it's not just for young people. Uh, God, God can speak to anybody. But uh, since we had these up here, I thought I would just uh, uh, talk about them a little bit. These are props. You know, this is a depiction of heaven and this is a depiction of hell. And, um, but I want to talk to you today about, uh, really about heaven and hell. So here's what heaven looks like. Not really, but that's what it looks like tonight anyway. And I promise you it's a lot more glorious than that. But then here's what hell looks like. Have you noticed there's a little difference? You know why? Because there is a lot of difference. There's a lot of difference between heaven and hell. And I want to talk to you today because those are two places of destiny. I'm going to just say this. You can't choose heaven or hell. You know, I know I don't mean this in ugly, and I'm sure people are good at this. They talk about they want to witness to somebody. They say, well, you want to go to heaven. Well, who wouldn't want to go to heaven over hell? But you don't choose heaven. Okay. Okay, just so you know, you don't choose heaven or hell. They are secure locations. Okay? They are secure locations. And, and as far as we can, can uh, look at them, uh, they have been here since creation as far as we're concerned. I don't know about you, but going back to the birth of man, that's a pretty long ways to go. To go past that is a little difficult. Well, there are glimpses in the Word of God of, of life and uh, before God created man, when heaven and earth was created, but it, it's like looking in the Hubble telescope out into the starry skies, out into space, and looking at other galaxies and uh, looking at other solar systems. You can see them, but you can't really see them, you know. So there, there's kind of a misty fog about you can see certain things and you can speculate about certain things but since man was created there's no speculation here's what we do know now a lot of people would say well this is just your religion and tell them what you think because of your religion listen first of all i'm not religious i am religious about some things okay I eat the same breakfast every morning. That's, that's religious. Okay? Has nothing to do with God. Okay? I'm not talking to you about religions because religions have theories. We have facts. Okay? See, people can speculate through other, I mean, you, you, if you ought to, I, I've done this before, you know, preaching about different religions, some of the wild things that they believe. But, but none of it has come from the right source. Come from God through his word to us to tell us the beginning of history. You know, we have a clear, specific revelation of the history of man. 
It's not vague. It's not unclear. It is a clear history of where man came from. Now, it's important that you know this. So here's what we know. God created man in his image. Now, that's very important that you understand in order to talk about heaven and hell, that's what you have to understand and know. God created man in his own image. And that's really, in some senses, what has caused the problems with humanity since creation. Here's why. If God was going to create in his image, he had to give man what he had. The right to choose. Okay? The right to choose. The sad thing about it is that, that um, people are boarding babies and calling it pro-choice. But to be honest with you, it is. They're choosing. You think God likes that? He doesn't like it at all. But he gave man the right to choose. You have the right to choose your own destiny. You have to understand that and know that. That we know this for a fact. God created man in his image, gave him the capacity, the will to choose. But man made the wrong choice in the beginning. Man was not choosing heaven and hell. He made a choice to go contrary to what God said. So what happened? Man transgressed, the Bible says, in the Garden of Eden. You know that's a real place. I don't know where it is, but it's a real place. Man transgressed because he was tempted by the devil Satan. These are all real characters, folks. This is not a play or a drama like we're depicting tonight. This really happened. There is a real devil. While I was getting dressed today, uh, I was listening to one of the news programs about the the shooting yesterday uh, at the synagogue and how tragic that was. And, And this one commentator was saying, well, you know, there's evil in the world. Yes, there is. And his name is Satan. He's the devil and he's the, he is the producer of evil. He was unleashed by man. Because man literally gave his authority over to the devil. Say, what do you mean by that? You remember when Jesus was tempted and he showed him all, and the devil showed him all the kingdoms. He said, I'll give these to you because they have been given to me. These are things we know, okay? Just so you understand, these are not fairy tales. This is reality. These are the things that we know. Man transgressed in the garden because he was tempted by Satan. Because of that temptation, listen to this. Man moved into the realm of darkness, into the realm of the grave and hell. That's the process. And from that point forward, 
There was a destiny for man without God, and it was hell. But this may shock you, but Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, listen to what it says. Jesus was teaching a parable here, and he's talking about those that had iniquity. He said, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Do you know that that hell was not created for you, for humanity? It was created for the devil and his angels. But when man transgressed in the garden, he gave his allegiance to the wrong being. Sin came into man. And all of a sudden, destiny became hell. Pretty strong. Thank God, God is never without a people. And he took took the blood of lambs and goats and covered a people for a season. But you know that that didn't keep them out of hell. Can I talk about this a minute? I didn't do this in the first service. It didn't keep them out of hell. They just were kept in a compartment of hell that was not tormented. Go read the word of God. You'll find it's called Abraham's bosom. Until the day that the one, Jesus, came and set them free from that and took them with him to heaven. He led captivity captive. So you have to understand this, okay? It's very blunt, but you've got to understand this, okay? When Adam transgressed in the garden, hell became the the default destination for humanity. You didn't have to choose. It was the default Until I was 27 years old, I was on the way to that default. That was my life. I was defaulting to heaven. It was was where I was going to be, and it was nothing I could do about it. But thank God, God provided a way of escape. Because there was no way for you to escape in your own strength. There was no way we could be good enough to change our destiny because sin was working in us. It was transferred, transmitted throughout humanity. My parents had sin. Their parents had sin. Their parents had sin. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. I know I don't have to go get a 23andMe exam. I know where I came from, Adam and Eve. Well, I wonder who my ancestors are. I know who my ancestors are, Adam and Eve. And the rest of the bunch, I don't want to know. Because they were just like Adam and Eve.
Isn't it interesting that even though you are born again, your spouse is born again, you have children that they're not born born again? You know why? Because the curse eliminated that blessing. And now every person has to choose for themselves. There is a day of accountability where every child is old enough to understand and to choose. So I I talked to a man one day and and I asked him the question. I said, well, tell me your testimony. When did you get saved? And he said, you know what? I've just always lived for the Lord. And I want to call him a liar. I said, that's not true. Because unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. That's pretty scary that people are going around saying, well, I've been in church all my life. Has nothing to do with that. Your nature has to change. Your affiliations have to change. Otherwise, you are defaulting to hell. Because listen to me, you got to hear this. There is no way you can be good enough to change your destiny. No way. There's only one way. And it's not through choosing heaven. I know I'm being pretty blunt. I know I'm never like this, but I felt like I need to be today. Let me read you a scripture that will help you. Ephesians chapter 2. Long portion of scripture, but we need to read it. Listen to this. But God, how many of you say, thank God, but God, now listen to this, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, listen to this, he made us alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now listen, that is a mouthful of scripture right there. But I want you to hear some things. First of all, you have to understand, but God. Not you, God. But God. Now listen to this. It says he was rich in mercy. Why was he so rich in mercy? Because he wanted to satisfy something. The Amplified Bible says satisfy his great his wonderful, his intense love for you. God never quit loving us just because iniquity came into our lives. He never quit loving anyone. But God, who was rich in mercy, in order to satisfy that great, wonderful, intense love with he, which with he loved us. Listen to this. Here's what you got to know about this. So this will help you because this is what we know, okay? Even 
while we were in our trespasses and sins. Isn't that interesting? Even while we were in our trespasses and sins. God didn't say, clean up your act and I'll take you. He said, I'll take you just like you are. Because you couldn't do anything. Listen, I hate to tell you this, but you just couldn't get, you just couldn't get gooder enough. You, impossible. No way that we could do that. Impossible to be that person. But yet God, who was rich in his mercy toward us, even when we were like that in our trespasses. Y'all still with me? Listen to what it says. We were in our trespasses, in our sins. The most amazing thing is this. Listen. He raised us up. Well, let me read it all to you. Listen to this. When we were dead in trespasses, listen to this. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Now listen. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God made us alive. So when I was alive before, I've been alive since I was born. No, you haven't. The Bible says you've been dead in your sins. Now you're dead in Christ. I preached a sermon years ago called Dead Man Walking. You're either dead in your sins or you're dead in Christ. But when you're dead in Christ, you're alive unto God. You're alive unto God. All of a sudden, things change. And through Christ Jesus, by grace, you've been saved. Okay? So the choice is Jesus. Then listen to what happens. Once you understand that, listen to what the Word of God says. It says, then He raises you up together and makes us sit together where? In heavenly places. I'm already in heaven. I know I'm still on the earth, but I'm in heaven. I go to heaven all the time. Now, my body doesn't go, but I go. How do you do that? For this cause, I bow my knee before the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. I pray. My prayers go to heaven. I talk to God, and He hears me. He responds to me. In fact, God said, listen, until Jesus comes back, I'm going to send you a little piece of heaven. So I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit to dwell in you just as a little piece of heaven. Until Jesus comes back. As a security. You know that the Holy Spirit is a deposit? Another translation says it's a down payment. You know what would happen if Jesus didn't come back? I'd get to keep his spirit anyway. Because it's his deposit. One translation says deposit on future glory. So I've been made alive unto God. And I have been made to sit in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. 
So now I have changed my default setting. You know, it's easier to change your default setting for heaven than it is to change your stupid default settings on your phone. I called somebody this morning at 6.30 by accident because I was trying to change something on my phone. Woke them up. It's so simple. It's a choice. The choice is not heaven. The choice is not hell. The choice is Jesus. And if you don't choose Jesus, the default is hell. It started with Adam and Eve. Jesus just came to provide another Choice, him, which makes the default heaven instead of hell. God said, I will lift you up into heavenly places. So I'm already there. The Bible tells me I can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain. So I have that capacity. I have that ability right now. Why? Listen to what verse says, 7 says. Why is this the way God did it? Listen to me. Listen to what it says. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that now you are a vessel of that grace that was given to you? That mercy that was given to you? that change that came in your life, that now that you're a vessel to show forth the glory of it, to expose God's glory. He don't, you don't expose God's glory by shining faces. You expose God's glory by what he's done in your life to change your destiny, to change your destination. How do you do that, pastor? You tell people what God has done for you. And it never gets old telling people what God has done for you. Listen, I I have been saved 44 years. I got saved when I was two. You already know that isn't true, don't you? And I never stop telling people what Jesus did for me to change my destiny. Doesn't have to be some deep spiritual theological declaration. All it needs is, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. That's his glory being released. That's his kindness and his mercy being exposed because of what he did for you. But now listen, here's the other part. You got to hear this. It says he did that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen to me. Here's what you've got to understand. You have to understand it's not something you did, it's something he did. You just made the choice. You did it, and you chose by faith, and that was your choice. You chose that. You declared that. You said, that's me. That's how I'm going to live. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to live my life. So now 
I have a question for you. Why do you keep wearing your grave clothes? When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have a choice. You have the grave life or the grace life. One simple letter, one letter, a C taking the place of a V. Grave life to grace life. So many people literally don't make that choice. They want to they go to heaven, but they want to wear their grave clothes. Do you remember when Jesus stood at Lazarus' tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth? You know what happened? He came forth. But do you notice he had his, still had his grave clothes on? Now listen to me. He had his grave clothes on, and so Jesus said, listen to me, He said, first thing he said to him was, take off those grave clothes. You know why? Because he had already said, the only way you're going to see the glory of God is to follow this to the end. Okay. And so the only way that they could see the glory of God is if he took off those grave clothes. Even though he was alive and walking like a mummy, he was dead until those grave clothes were gone. And they, then what happened? They saw the glory of God. What's hindering a lot of people today is they've made the right choice, but they're still living with their grave clothes. They're still living in, in a place of grave life when they ought to be living a grace life. They ought to be living with the favor of God in their lives, but because they were so used to the grave life before, they still try to incorporate that into their lives. Why? The only reason that I can think of is that it's because there's a familiarity there. Do you know that I know people who were saved serving God but would not take off their grave clothes and literally chose the life of the grave over the life of grace. You know the most miserable person in the world is a born-again Christian living with grave clothes. That is a miserable life when you know and the life of God has touched you and the grace of God has touched you. And then you put your grave clothes back on and you go living like the world. That's dangerous. Well, I can take them off anytime I want. I don't think so. Well, I'm going to heaven even though I've got on grave clothes. I don't know about that. You want me to tell you you are, but I'm not going to do that. I don't know where that dividing line is. I don't know where that point is. Well, you know, once saved, always saved. That's not true. Because you can be saved and choose to go to hell. And you can go right back to the default if you want to. Ooh, that's scary. Listen, it's not easy to do. Because God's grace is always there to forgive you, to love you, to lift you back up. But I want to tell you something. Your choices are more powerful than you think. 
They're more powerful than you think. You say, well, what, what, well where's that dividing line? Well, if I told you, you'd go right up to it. <laughs> I said, you can go, you can do this, this, and this, and still go to heaven, but don't do this. And you know what you do? You'd go <laughs> right up to the edge. I don't know where that is, and I'm not sure it's the same for every person. But the point is, why would you want to live a grave life when you can live a grace life? Why? Listen, I I can honestly say this. Listen, I've been tempted just like you in lots of ways. I've been tempted to do just almost everything, almost murder. I mean, I've gotten that mad before. Billy Graham's wife, they asked her, Ruth Graham, they asked her one time, Have you ever, were you ever tempted to, to divorce Billy? And she said, uh, divorce, no. Murder, yes. <laughs> Listen to me today. Listen to what I'm saying today. I, I've, I've, I've had temptation. I've not, I, I, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. Everybody has, okay? But listen to me. Here's the one thing I can honestly tell you. I have never, ever decided to go back or wanted to go back where I came from. You know why? Because I've been there. And I know the difference between that grave life and that grace life. Because I know where one of them leads, it leads to hell. The other one leads to heaven. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be close to it. I don't want to be in a place where that would even be a question. You're either dead in your sins or you're dead in Christ. You're either living for hell or you're living for heaven. That's not deep. But it's real. And you've got you've to know that and you've got to understand that. And you've got to realize there, there, is a, there is a place there that you need to put off your grave clothes and start living the grace life. Take that V out and put in the C. And live that grace life that God has said you can have. It's for grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Wouldn't you want to live a gift? Think about it this way. I'm going to either live in darkness the way the devil lives, or I'm going to live a life that God gives me. It's called grace. Why in the world would you want to live any other way? That's a question for you to answer. Grace says, listen to this, that you have favor beyond what's due to you. And by the way, this is all coming from God. This is His grace. Grace says you have unmerited favor, undeserved favor. Grace says God likes you and favors you even though you do not deserve it. You've got to get over yourself. Get over your case of the whines and, well, life has been so tough. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Listen to me. Life is tough. But I want to tell you, there is a place to live in the favor of God and the grace of God. Paul lived a hellish life on this earth. You go read over in 2 Corinthians 11 all the things that he went through. It's unbelievable that he was even alive. He begged God at one point, get this off of my back. 
And you know what the Lord said to him? My grace is sufficient. Paul, I've got something you've got to do. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you the grace to get through it. I'm going to give you the strength to get through it. I'm going to give you the favor to get through it. And you're going to be able to accomplish everything I told you to do. And God's saying the same thing to you. Quit judging God by bad things that happen. I'm speaking to somebody because some of you said just, I wonder why. My pastor, John Osteen, Joel's dad, for those of you who didn't know who he was, but um, was fixing to die. I mean, he was, it was his last night on earth, or next to last night on earth. And one of his family members uh, said to him, have you ever wondered where God is in all this? Because he was suffering, laboring. Brother Osteen put his hands up in the air like this. He could have cried and said, Lord, I've been serving you. I'm pastoring this church and I'm doing this and I'm doing, I've been missions all over the world. You know what he did? He threw up his hands and he said, all I know is God is good and his mercy endures forever. As far as I know, that was the last words he ever spoke. You've got to change your thought process. You've got to learn to live the grace life even in tough times, even when there are challenges in life, that God's grace and God's favor is there, that he likes you, he favors you, even though you don't deserve it. You start, listen, you start living in that realm, it frees you up from darkness. It frees you up from bondage. Well, I'm not good enough. Well, I made a mistake. Well, join the club. God didn't do this because you were going to not make mistakes. Listen to what John chapter 1 verse 16 says. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. For out of Jesus' fullness, we all have received, all had a share, we were all supplied with, listen to this, One grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. That's your life. Well, I don't feel that way. Then start saying this instead of what you feel. Father, I thank you right now. You supply me with one grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gifts heaped up upon gifts. Thank you, Lord. Your grace is working in my life. Your favor is working in my life. You're my God, and I live by faith, and my faith is in your grace to work in my life where I am right now. It works when you get saved, and it works till you get to heaven. When you lay this body down and you go to heaven, it works the whole time. It works constantly. Romans 5, verse 15 and 16. I'm going to read this out of the message translation because it's really good the way he says it. Listen to this. Yet the rescuing gift, grace, is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through one man, Jesus Christ, will do. 
There's no comparison between that death-dealing sin and this generous, life-giving gift. The verdict on that one sin was the death sentence. The verdict on many sins that followed was this wonderful life sentence. Isn't that awesome? God's grace is available for you. Whether you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you've been living for God for 50 years, that grace is still working and will still work in your life. From grace to grace, blessing to blessing, favor to favor, gift heaped upon gift. All the way to the end. There's no parallel, there's no comparison to what God has done with the grace life compared to living a grave life. There's no comparison. No comparison. Let me give you these final scriptures real quick. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 says this. Listen to me. To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which His grace has made us accepted in the beloved. One translation says, you've been accepted in the ranks of the beloved. Another says, you've been, you have been accepted into the fraternity of the loved or the fraternity of the favored. Listen to me. God's love is not measured in your life. It's always there. You've been accepted. God loves me as much as he loves any other person. He loves you as much as he loves me. Because he loves me as much as any other person. You've been accepted. You don't have to get accepted. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, his grace says you are accepted. I love you. You have stepped over into my love through Jesus Christ because he died for your sins so that my grace could work in your life. You're favored with God because of that. A lot of people ask me what my favorite scripture is and this is it. So you want to know, this is it. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how much more? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Everything is wrapped up in Jesus. You know, if I was better, the Lord could do this in my life or the Lord could do that. Listen to me. Everything's wrapped up in Jesus. If he didn't spare his own son for you, he won't spare anything else. He loves you. He loves you. Take off those grave clothes. Quit living here and there. Put on that grace life. Take that V out of your life and put that C in there and let God work in your life. And if you do that, you're going to be amazed at what he'll do in your life. Because now... You've defaulted to heaven. Now it's heaven. Now you're living the right life. God's life. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. 
or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.